Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Gantry. It's been a few weeks, but uh, we're lucky enough to be joined by Tanya Davis today, a match day presenter for Melbourne City. Tanya, how are you going? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad, not Ooh. too bad. How's uh, COVID life been? COVID life's been great. Yeah. You know, sitting in bed every day, eating lots of food, sleeping. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> how is it? Uh, it's a bit weird being back in a cafe, that's for sure. Yeah, like I just had like eggs on toast. This is a life that I used to have. Yeah. And it felt so good just to be able to eat and have a coffee again. Nice. Just to paint the picture, I've only just met Tanya and I actually yes. walked in on her smashing eggs. So. And I had a napkin on my shirt because <laughs> I'm wearing the white Melbourne City Away kit and I didn't want to get yoke on it. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> well, uh, look, to get things going, so we'll just start, well, I guess we'll just, you know, people that don't know who Tanya Davis is. Tanya. I know there's a lot that do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just a bit of a background, you know, where did... Where did football come into your life? Where did this role come in with Melbourne okay. City? And, you know, where did, I guess, where did football begin for you? Well, I was a player, but that was all the way back in school. And that never came, nothing ever came out of that. But most other people might know me from running an official supporter club for Manchester City in Sydney. So about five, four years ago, um, a lot of Premier League supporter clubs exist and they're all officially recognised by the actual club in most major cities around the world. There was one in Sydney, but unfortunately it was a bit defunct. So me and my best mate, as Manchester City fans, decided to kickstart that back up and pretty much what we aim to do is to connect City fans, to watch games together, have social kickabouts, right, okay. all that kind of stuff. So kind of be like a meeting point for Manchester City fans in Sydney, whether you're a local or you're a traveller. Yeah, right. So why City? Was it that you grew up supporting is it there <laughs> well i'm a massive like music fan and in particular oasis. manchester music oh, yes yeah. oasis yeah but not just them just like you know a lot of manchester bands like um smith's joy division um and then i was introduced through music by someone to manchester city quite some time ago and it kind of just stuck for me right yeah okay. there you go so what? i'm a rock and roller, rock and roller. <laughs> yeah well, we might touch a bit on that later actually because it seems like you do enjoy your rock and roll that's for sure. <laughs> but um so yeah from there where so was there a, a leap where melbourne city got in touch or where did, kind of, where did it kind of start from there well when manchester city took over melbourne city it was pretty much like a logical choice for me to follow them i'm kind of someone even in my professional life i have a lot of like kind of company loyalty if that makes okay. sense yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like okay cool Manchester City just took over this team I'm just going to go for them because I love Man City mm -hmm. I've travelled the world watching them play and now there's you know an, an entity for that in Australia yeah. so now I can go to Melbourne City away days and you know cheer for them just like I would cheer on Manchester City mm -hmm. you know in England yeah. yeah yeah right so had there been any sort of introduction prior to Australian football only through just kind of like TV. Obviously, I followed kind of um, the NSL days, yep. but I never really had like a team. Like I grew up predominantly in an AFL scene, right. and then I played soccer, and I'm doing like the little fingery things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in school. Um, but when I left oh. school, I <laughs> when I left school, I. Um, I kind of focused more on my career. I yeah. moved to Sydney when I was 18. I worked in retail. I didn't really have time for anything but my work. I didn't study, so I was full-time into work. Yeah. I never bothered with sports. I'd pay attention to maybe the A-League on TV when it came about, yeah. but I never followed anyone. Maybe the occasional Sydney FC game with my friends, okay. but that's it. Other than that, no, fair enough. So, yeah. What, yeah, so once was, the, was it like the job opened up with Melbourne City? Okay, so that's a bit of like, 
a long story. Yeah. So um, we had the Man City Trophy Tour here in Australia. Um, and it was kind of being looked after by Melbourne City because we have that connection, yeah, obviously. Connection, yeah. um, so I did go to kind of like a, a fan event that was actually for Melbourne City travelling fans. Mm-hmm. And there was someone there that I'd met before on the trophy tour. And I just asked if I could give the social media go on match day. It was something that our other clubs around the world did. So mm. um, New York City FC does it, Manchester City does it. I felt that... At the time, um, we didn't have anything like that for Melbourne City and it didn't hurt to ask. Yeah, for sure. Next minute, I was given an opportunity to do a few games. How was that? It was a bit weird because like, I came from like a retail business background. Yeah. I was just like, I knew that I had like the idea of what to do because at the end of the day, it's just like customer service. Oh. You got to mm-hmm. make, you got to make things interesting you want to make people listen to you and you want to like report on football the way a fan would also see it as well so I think what I liked about what our other clubs around the world were doing was that it made you kind of feel like closer to your club and I wanted to kind of do that for Melbourne City so yeah I just asked and yeah I got it given a go and then next minute um so you could say I like interned yeah and then I got given the role yeah, right. So how was it initially? Was it like a daunting? Because, I mean, it is a daunting thing. Okay, I mean, yeah, it was daunting because, like, next one minute I'm talking about all these ideas mm. and then the next minute I'm standing next to, like, players and thinking, like, how did I get from that side of the barrier to this side yeah, of the barrier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was a bit of a shock, but mm. at the end of the day, I had to treat it like a job and be very professional. Like, yeah. there are times even... With Man City, I've had opportunities to kind of either meet players or be behind the scenes, and you can't mm. help but kind of fangirl a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to just kind of like keep it to yourself. Mm, yeah. At the end of the day, I just really wanted the fans to really see like a really genuine kind of view of the club, kind of behind the scenes. So, yeah. yeah right. Was it? Is it tough <laughs> in a way? In, in terms of, I mean, you know, I guess for not just being a woman in football, but mm-hmm. in, uh, I guess a trying to become a personality or someone in that's talking about the game, covering mm-hmm. the game. Um, is it a tough at first? Because, yeah, as I said, there's a lot of people that, I guess, want to get into the game and they don't yeah. know where to start or how to come across or, you know, is it, have you kind of found that being genuine has been the best way? Yeah, absolutely. I think it didn't, it didn't really matter. Like, I didn't actually think I would ever become any kind of personality. Like, it was really funny. There was, like, one game where, you know, when the players go and say thank you mm-hmm. and sometimes they give them, like, give fans, like, their kit. Someone was like, can you give me yours? I was like, I don't even have a name on mine. I was like, what? And I was like, no, you don't want to see what's under you. No, 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 no. But um, I think not only was it a role where people saw my face, people, when I went to games, could identify with me and have a chat with me. And um, I think, I, yeah, I never really thought that much was going to come out of it if I'm honest yeah right okay so along the way you know what what have you kind of I guess learned you know you've obviously been around Melbourne City yeah for for a time now and in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of people they probably have the the most professional setup of any A-League team in the country Um, that's good feedback thank you (laughs) but um what have you kind of what have you kind of taken away and what do you think other I guess maybe A-League teams could learn you know Mm -hmm. all in you know the spirit of growing the game yeah I think like that's a really good uh, kind of question. From someone who's come in from a completely different industry but loves the sport, mm. 
I definitely see opportunities, not even with just my own club, but with a lot of clubs. Like I get to meet different employees of other clubs and see what, you know, what their deal is going on. And I always see like potential for opportunity. I think when it comes to marketing, you definitely got to like keep it fresh and exciting. It's the same as working in a shop in retail. You know, how are you going to impress your customer to, you know, want them to buy from you? Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good way to kind of that's that's my business ethic yep. at the end of the day it's just i see everything as like customer service yeah, is that okay. weird yeah I don't no know. no like, even as like a, it works for anything even like in a culture sense as well you know what what do you think that uh, melbourne city been doing well i mean obviously it was tough you know when the melbourne heart days and then mm-hmm. you know it's obviously one you're competing uh in a as a club well in, you know in, like when i started doing the social media thing we weren't winning any games yeah <laughs> so it was like look i'm you could probably tell from sitting with me now. Mm. Obviously, you people can't see me on the <laughs> podcast, but um, I'm a pretty bubbly and positive person, and yeah. I'm like that all the time. I've mm-hmm. got a lot of energy to give, and at the end of the day, like, look, yeah, it sucks when you lose, but yeah. you've got to somehow find positives and still want people to kind of see what happens next. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, keep rolling. <laughs> no, fair enough. No, fair enough. I guess you got to what... have faith, guys. This is what football's all about. Yeah. You pick your team because you pick your team. And it doesn't matter if you lose, draw, or whatever. There are people who have gone for teams 20 years and never won anything yet. They still love it. Show up every day. Don't ever. Yeah, show it. That's it. So Just go to the games and support your yeah, teams. No, like, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess it, with like City themselves, what you've seen, what you've been around. I mean, it's it's tough for one being a club in a sport there where there's five other sports going on in the country mm-hmm. for one. Um, in a city like Melbourne that is so heavily dominated by AFL. And as well, I guess competing, you know, would be tough for Melbourne Victory, obviously the stalwart mm-hmm. club in the city. So in terms of the fans, the away days, I mean, I've been lucky enough to go to a few games and I've seen, you know, they do travel relatively well. Um, has that grown over time since you've been working there? What do you think people have done well? What can people learn? Yeah, in terms of away days, like, look, we're a really big country mm. and it's really hard to be an away fan for any sport because, one, you're limited by your costs yeah it costs a lot to let's say get to Perth it even costs a lot just to get like Melbourne or Brisbane so I can only talk about my own experiences with Melbourne City before I was working with them obviously living in Sydney I would only go to the away games Mm -hmm. in New South Wales that they'd go to yeah and like look sometimes you get a decent chunk of maybe 50 people which I think is good Mm -hmm. because that still looks good on TV and you can still have a good time out with people (laughs) but you know it, it does it does drop off. It really depends, though, where your team is in the league. Is your team hovering around the bottom of the table? Because if it is, no one really will feel like they, they want to spend the money to travel and watch them, unless yeah. you're, like, hardcore diehard, which I am. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have been having the best season since we have been Melbourne City. Like, we're number two. And... Um, it's been really fun to see more people travel this season. Yeah. It's been fun to like meet new people who live in different cities that support our team. Right? That's what I love about away days, is yeah, just meeting okay. new people. And, you know, away days should be like a part of like footballing life. And I think that's something that maybe the clubs could really push. Yeah, well, so that's, away that's, that's, days. That was, that was literally about to be my next question. Because away days in England, it's like, you know, you put your shirt on, uh, you get the train, you go down to London. So like, it's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I live for a Man City away day or even yeah. like Champions League away. Oh my God, if Melbourne City gone to like Champions League, the Asia Asian one, gen, I'm yeah, like, I'm yeah, there, I'm yeah, in Japan, Asian I'm in China, <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, well, that was going to be my next question because, I mean, 
I've seen, obviously, I grew up being a Sydney FC fan. They were mm-hmm. the first team in the league where I grew up. And um, obviously the Cove and everything else. And I, I know that the Cove do it. I know that the RBB mm-hmm. do it. Like where they have um, the one game a year, they call it. I've just forgotten the name of it, where they, they call it. It's like the one game where they ask if you're going to do an away day. Yeah, it's the same price for yeah. Um, Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, Adelaide one. Yeah, so I was going to say, what, what do you think, you said, you know, they can do better. What do you think would be, what do you think would be a next really good step to push that sort of culture sense? In... I think it would really help to really do something about getting the fans to the games. Like, I know there are clubs that are regionally closer to each other that do buses or, um, you know, trains or things like that. We have our own travelling fan group, too, Mm. that um, me, that a bunch of guys invited me in to kind of help things out. And I've always been, like, um, you know, trying to make places where we can meet up or the boys have a list of pubs that we can go to and make it more accessible mm. but I think on a national league kind of thing they should be doing deals with transport companies they yeah. should be making that membership a bit more attractive yeah, and a bit okay. more affordable yeah. for everyone because yeah, that's okay. the only way really that your fans are going to be, be supported and engaged to want to go people yeah. want to go but you know it's a matter of cost time yeah I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of like as well. There's the uh, I only learned being in the UK recently the three o'clock law, where there's no games <laughs> televised at three p.m. Yeah. So that they force people to go to games. Yeah, and then also sense, as well, um, like Man City, they have like a discount with Virgin Chains, for example. So then that way you can plan because a lot of the time you got to book your train yeah, tickets in advance because yeah. it's quite expensive. Mm-hmm. But they do discounts with Virgin Trains, so then that way you know you can organise all your train tickets and yeah, things like that, do, regardless whether like uh, if the fixture is going to change mm. because it's like a you know you can easily change that. But yeah. um, I think that's a really good initiative. Like let's say a flight centre gave us ten percent off flights or something like that. Mm-hmm. It does definitely makes it a bit more helpful and yeah, appealing. Yeah, for sure. And I guess even like when you kind of want that one you know way down we were talking about before the yeah. Adelaide trip you know people like there's that almost that added incentive yeah. sort of thing because when you, I, a club puts on buses and I hear they're quite I've, I've personally not been on the buses myself yeah. but I hear they're quite a time oh there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah well okay we'll move on to um want to talk about the W League now and the girls there so you spent mm-hmm. a bit of time around there what sort of growth have you seen you know it's right now I mean it's I'm of the belief and I know a lot of people mm-hmm. are the Matildas are this country's best national team. Oh, yeah. Hands down. They're fantastic. And, and we're I mean, so lucky to have um, quite a lot of the Matildas in our team yeah, as that's well. What I'm say, like, yeah. I'm going to be honest though, I don't get to spend that much time with the ladies. Like, they're like my idols. Yeah. But I barely get to see them because their fixtures in the W League versus the men's are on such different days and times. And me being based in Sydney, it's really, I, I couldn't be traveling. Yeah, all the time yeah, like no, realistically I couldn't get there but there was a, a couple of games I got to catch at Amy Park and I'm just standing there just going oh man I could have been someone I'm so jealous these girls look in the dream I'm yeah. just like oh but yeah um, we're just so lucky to have some really great players yeah right so it all seems like especially at City as well it seems like obviously everyone, everything's out of Bandura it seems like it's done really well where everyone's training at the one place yeah and I think also as well like, like they, both they interact like uh, you know with the, the, the girls training relatively the same time yeah. with the boys like, is, there, is that interaction I don't know like, anything yeah. about exact training times or anything yeah, like that yeah, but yeah. both of our teams like are quite close like um, Steph Catley is dating Dean Wazana and a lot of the players live with each other as well mm-hmm. so you know they've got a good relationship off the field as well as on the field for yeah, their for own sure. teams yeah, so, and sure. I think that definitely always makes a difference like you know the more time and you foster to positive relationships you know you'll see results within your team yeah, again sure. that's not just sport 
could be retail. <laughs> it all comes back to retail, guys. It teaches you everything what you know. If you are a 15-year-old out there looking for your first job, get into retail. <laughs> Sorry. Go to here first. Nah, we can edit that. I'm joking. I'm, I'm, joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, well, something I want to chat about now, I guess away from City, um, but still very football-related, has been, you know, right now, obviously with no football on, I think I can't remember a time when there's been more chatter or discussion about Australian football. Yeah, as a there's whole. like too much. Hey? It's been like it's almost out of control, and it's it's kind of yeah, strange. It's kind of like why is it taking people don't, like this? Yeah, because people don't realise what they have until it's gone. Yeah, I know a lot of people. Like the one ongoing subject that seems to be floating around is what's wrong with the A League. Yeah. And a lot of chat around that. Mm. Like, to be honest, the, the one thing that's wrong with the A-League to me is just people just don't go to games. And why is that? It is for an, a lot of reasons. Mm. But for me, I go to the game, not just because I work there. Mm-hmm. I was already going to games. Yeah. It's because I support that club, I'm committed, and I'm just going to games. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's a commitment. It's a, it's a commitment thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, but it's not that mean. hard. It's like, you know pay like what 30 bucks or 20 bucks like for a ticket just go sit in the active section of your away end because you know i'd be only going to the away games here but like you know just 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 go to games people yeah go to games and everything will just go from there do you think uh obviously discussion about a second division do you think that well we already have the foundations for it like what is all these state leagues there for anyway it's true yeah i think i saw like on the the growth of it yeah on the on the optus chat that I saw the other day, they were saying that obviously you've, you, they wanted to do something the way it was like the WA, Northern Territory Yeah, leagues. conference it. Yeah, yeah conference, conference it. it. Mm. Like it is kind of already there. Mm. Why can't we, why can't we just use that? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Sorry. Just well, let everyone know I'm looking at his face just yeah. like, why? why? I don't have the answers. I'm not James I don't Johnson. have the answers either. This I'm is the thing. No one has the answers because yeah. no one is like saying an answer. But everything usually everything, is like in front of you. Yeah, everything's. I feel like everything's been really tensive. People yeah. are like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And yeah, and I think also as well there's been the subject about getting people into the game that actually like the game or have participated in the mm. game before. Mm. Absolutely, you should always have those people there. Yeah, but for sure. It's never a bad thing to have people in a business that maybe don't necessarily have that background, like a fresh set of eyes onto yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think... Do you think that we should pull back to, I mean... This is something that I'm strong on, but I'm strong on pulling things back to a domestic, le- a um, suburban level. Because I feel like Australian mm-hmm. sport. I mean, you said you grew up in an AFL family. Who, mm-hmm. who was the team? Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Richmond. So that was all. <laughs> everything was based around Punt Road. Yeah. Everything was suburban because I kind of feel like Australian sport was born yeah. out of suburban because people yeah. were able to well, you know, have an identity to a club. I told you earlier that I did actually live in Tasmania for a bit. Course, um, I, actually, I, I grew up in Ho- in Hobart, so you know South Hobart was a club that a lot of my school friends went to. Mm-hmm. Also, was like um, near Glenorchy Zebras. Okay. If the, if I really had to identify <laughs> with someone, it would be like someone there. Like yeah. when it comes down to you know you're told who to support, whether you're from that particular place or your parents went for them or whatever mm-hmm. um, yeah they would probably be the early teams oh my god South Hobart in like the A-League yeah, yeah, woohoo yeah, I'm yeah. there no, but they sorry Melbourne really City cool. I still love you <laughs> <laughs> but there would be that calling for that, that's what I was yeah it does it would definitely ignite a really strong passion and I think a culture is like a, an attachment as well because I mean you've, yeah. you've been talking about um, you know the UK before you were saying mm-hmm. you know that 
to that connection to music. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Man City back playing at Main Road back in the yeah. day, that wasn't a flash stadium. Did like you was... um, watch that show on Netflix called The English Game? I literally started watching it last night. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to reveal any like spoilers yeah, for yeah. you, but I think that show in itself is a really good um, way of understanding why people, let's say in England, follow the teams that they do because it is mostly about where they're from and Mm. what their background status was we didn't really have that here because we're all over the place (laughs) and as well it's hard for someone to to, I mean it's hard for someone to I guess have an attachment to Sydney Football Stadium Mm -hmm. to Suncorp Stadium I mean Mm -hmm. you go back to probably talk about Broncos fans they don't don't have an attachment to Suncorp they have an attachment to Lang Park which Mm -hmm. is the old like where everything's born from. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've almost been of the thought for a long time that they need to push back to those areas. <laughs> so even with Brisbane, if they moved to Redcliffe, where they play, where they had that cracking game with Melbourne. Ugh. But that was a small, it was a good yes, yeah, so it was a good game. Smaller and you know stadium. what? That stadium was really cool because And they've just renovated it. Yeah, renovated it um, like the behind the scenes, like I've got this video of like the players walking through the tunnel. They have like it's literally like a pipe tunnel. Yeah, see, that's awesome. That's all, yeah. <laughs> like, it has like a memorial to someone on it, like painted on. Like, I thought that actually was really cool. Like, I love little yeah, suburban grounds. Like it that. makes it like super local. And yeah, yeah, no, what you're saying is like 100%. Yeah, yeah. no, there we go. Well, <laughs> that pretty much wraps it up for today. Yeah. That was the most friendly questions I had. What are your, well, I guess my last question is Yeah. What are your, what would be your hopes, both realistic right now and unrealistic for Australian football? My hopes. From what you've seen, you spoke a lot about this potential. Uh, okay, realistically, in I think de- in the next 10 years, dude, less than that, promotion relegation can definitely happen. It can be realistic. Yep. I don't know why there's so much drama around it. Unrealistically, get Sergio Aguero to play for us. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and for the women, and for Australia to win the rights to the, the uh, female World Cup. Oh, yes, World yes, Cup. yes. Next yes, month we find yes, out about yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. So Fingers and toes crossed. There we go. Well, no, that's Tanya Davis. Tanya, thank you so much <laughs> for Thank you so much for having fun. me.